Good morning. Welcome to Crosspoint Baptist Church. We're going to start off our service this morning. First of all, if you're a guest or visitor, we are thrilled to have you here. And members, we are thrilled to have you here as well. We're going to start off our service this morning recognizing our Awana Bible Quizzers. So girls who are part of our Bible Quiz team, come on up. Uh, as they're coming up, I'll, I'll mention that Jaden Diaz was part of our Bible Quizzing team. She was not able to be here today. She had another uh, appointment this morning. But uh, we have uh, Alexa Vinson. We have... Tristan Little, we have Trinity Little and Ava Bovey along with Jaden. They competed yesterday in the Iwana Bible Quizzing Competition in Beaver Creek, Ohio. And I want you to know, if you see these girls after the service, you need to give them a big hug and tell them how proud you are of them. All five of our girls received awards yesterday. We had uh, two teams. They finished in first and second place, so that was amazing. But four out of the five girls um, received high honor awards um, that means they missed two questions or less, and we had one perfect score. So give them a round of applause to let them know how much you uh, appreciate them. In, in recognizing these, these girls, I also want to recognize the leaders. I personally had some conflicts schedule-wise, and uh, our Bible quiz leaders uh, had to run a lot of the practices without me. So I want to recognize Pastor Rick, uh, Brian, and Danielle Reynolds. Aaron and, and Kira as well, they were very instrumental in getting these girls prepared. And I want to tell you, uh, there, there were other teams that didn't come close to the scores that these girls did. And it's just a testament to the diligence and the hard work that they poured into uh, the, their studies, but also to the leaders pouring into the girls. So again, I want to thank everybody for that. Thank you for your prayers. Let's start off our service with a word of prayer and ask the Lord to bless our morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your word. Lord, today we are going to, to sing about the word. We're going to uh, hear the word preached. And Lord, I pray that we will process your word in our hearts and minds, that we will listen. We'll have open hearts ready to receive what you have from us as you speak to us through your word. Lord, today, Lord, I pray that we will live lives that are pleasing to you by, by listening, processing, and obeying your word. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Girls, you can be seated. All right, good morning. It's a great day to worship our Savior. Would you stand with us as we sing God of Wonders?
wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. The universe declares your majesty.
time if the ushers would come and get in their places we'll receive the offering this morning uh, what a great song to, uh, to to come right before the offering to to recognize how great our king is and that he died for us he sacrificially gave in order that we might have life through him so what a great uh, uh, song to sing so let's pray uh, we'll men- mention too tonight uh, we'll be having the business meeting to talk through the budget so uh, go over those budget numbers and I want to thank everyone for their faithful giving Uh, throughout the year, and it's a great uh, testament to your faithfulness to the Lord. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for a great uh, church family here that that honors you in in all they do. In many, many cases, Lord, they they sacrifice to give, and and, uh, we just thank you for that. Lord, we pray that you just be with the offering that's given today. Lord, may you use it to meet the needs here at Cross Point Baptist Church. We thank you for what you'll do. Be with us through the rest of the service as we worship you with singing. And as the words carried forth, Lord, may we apply it to our hearts today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
before you as your children in recognition that you alone are holy. You are the self-existing one. God, it's you who've made us and not we ourselves, as your word tells us. God, you deserve every ounce of glory that we can give you. Uh, You are far above all else. Lord, we recognize you for who you are this morning. May your word come to life as Pastor Scott preaches this morning. God, may we be changed because of who you are and having been in your presence. 
God, we are a people of unclean lips, God, but we come before you praying that you would purify our hearts, God, unify our minds, God, and focus our hearts purely on you as you alone deserve. In Christ's name we ask, amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. As we approach the Word of God today, it's important to be reminded of why you're here. I always ask that question, or not always, but I periodically will ask that question, why are you here today? And uh, there could be a variety of answers to that question. Some of them will be artificial, some will be genuine. Like you may think, well, you really want to hear why I'm here? Or I'm ex- or, or what's going on in my outside of these four walls of why I'm here. And sometimes we come to church because we have to. Other times we come to church because we get to. What we overlook sometimes, and this is the title of today's message. I'm going in so many different directions, but they're all aiming at the same thing, if that's even possible. Here's the title today. You're being called out. You're being called out. Now, you may be thinking, where in the world is he going and who made him mad? Uh, Sometimes when you hear that term called out, your mind may go to a uh, a combative situation. Um, A lot of times the the challenger will call out the champion in a sporting event, boxing, UFC or whatever. Or there is an an issue and has to be resolved and we think, I'm going to go call him out. Well, them sound like intense words, don't they? But yet when we see that that is exactly what Christ used, what God used in the Bible to describe the believer, it has a different connotation with it, doesn't it? So I want you to do me a favor this morning and everybody kind of take a deep breath, let it out, and then put a smile on your face. As I was coming in and watching you come in this morning, people looked like you were dragging just a little bit. I don't know what happened last night. That made you a little dragging as you came in today. So I got to thinking, we have our new life has the the, uh, cupcake uh, fundraiser for Valentine, you know, and all that stuff. Maybe we should have gave them the cupcakes on the way in, get them sugared up first. But I would remind you that you are at Cross Point Baptist Church. And what that means, and when you say that name, Cross Point Baptist Church, say it with a smile on your face. Say it with a smile. You're in a genuine, a place that will genuinely do our best to honor God and love you. The, be, the best way we know how. And there's no perfect system, but yet we are a broken people, aren't we? Well, I want us to take some time this week and next week. Um, you will remember in January, I took a couple weeks and described how we got the Bible. Many, many of you came to me and said, that was great. I never really knew it. All I know is what God his word says, it spoke to my heart, his spirit did a work, and I'm here. I, I don't know, I once was blind, now I see, but how did we get this? We've never been told how we got this. So we took a couple weeks and shared how we got the Bible, a little bit of history with it. And I want to take to the next couple weeks and share with you perhaps even how we got the church. Do you ever think about that? How did, we, how did we get the church? And I'm not going to go too deep today into the origins of how we got the church. Maybe I'm trying to cram a lot in a couple weeks here. But I want you to at least consider this, that you're being called out today. And think about this thought. 
God doesn't call us, meaning the believer, God doesn't call the believer to follow Christ all alone. I had to rewrite that because when I first wrote it, I put, God doesn't call us to follow Christ alone. No, he does tell us it's Christ and Christ alone. We come to him alone for salvation. There's no other way to get in the presence of God, to get in the presence of heaven, to get in the presence of your creator other than a, a repentance and a belief, a settled belief, a firm belief that Jesus Christ was on this earth, that he died on a cross and the resurrection, that he rose again. There is no, there's no plan B for that. So we do need to follow Christ alone, but we were not called as a believer to follow Christ all alone. Amen? You won't see that. There is no lone wolf believers out there, no lone wolf Christians out there. Uh, you won't see it in the Bible. You won't see the command either. When you hear the word church, when you hear that word church, what comes to your mind? A building? A people? What comes to mind when you hear the word? A bad experience? A preacher that's mad for uh, when he's preaching up there? When, I, when you hear the word church, I shared this with you in my experience. I grew up a religious mutt is how I describe it. I went to a church of Christ because it was across the street. I went to Assemblies of God school. I kind of did wherever the girls were at at the time is where I went. And then, um, by the way, that's a terrible evangelistic tool. Chasing the honeys to try to find Jesus is a bad evangelistic tool. Easy, Charles. So uh, what do you think of when you hear the word church? Listen, let's be honest for a moment. Does this ever cross your mind? Well, church. It's that it's kind of an unnecessary evil. Perhaps you think of it as an outgrowth of the ministry of Jesus. Or maybe you view it as, you know, it's, it's a franchise endeavor. Like, Jesus was great, so maybe let's just market him and keep him going through the church. I had to pass several churches to get here, and I only live three miles away. So what do you think of when you hear the word church? Maybe you, uh, maybe you think this, following Christ is maybe easier if I just do it all alone. Well, again, then nowhere in the Bible does he tell us as a believer to do it alone. In fact, he says quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Pastor Roger, um, I think he's done with it, went through a, a time frame of studying and what the Bible says about one another. How many times that word one another is in the Bible uh, is a lot. And you're going to see that you are never meant to do this thing alone. So why should you build your life around a good local church? That is the, the line I want you to think about this morning. Why should you build your life around a good local church? It brings the next question. What is a good local church? What makes success in a church? Is it numbers? Is it people? Is it a lot of people? Well, not necessarily. A lot of people doesn't always mean success. Be very, very careful of that, Christian believer, that just because there's a lot of people, it means they're successful, especially when we look at what is, what is a church. I'm going to ask four questions. I'm going to answer two of them today. The other two we'll answer next week. And then I want to read two portions of scripture. So here's the thought. 
Why build your church or why build your life around a good local church? First question, what is a church? What is a church? We got to define it. Number two, why is church involvement so important? Do we have to do it? Do we even have to do it? The third, which I'll answer next week, why should I join a church? I mean, if there's no command, why should I join it? And fourth, what does church membership involve? Okay, a lot of questions that you may not have thought through or thought about uh, in our day-to-day life. Sometimes we just take the next step. Well, you know what happens is sometimes when we're taking those steps of life, sometimes we can take a step in this direction, just one step. And that next day you take another step. And you take another step. And all of a sudden you can find yourself farther from where you wanted to head, where you wanted to be, where God would have you to be. And it all starts with just a little step. I want us today to wrap our arms and minds and hearts around church. So turn with me, if you will, two portions of scripture, and then we will... um, I got to be very careful. This is not the style of message that I you, you will usually hear me share with you. Uh, it's a lot of it's just two portions of scripture, and I promise I'm not going to lift them out of their context because they're in two portions, and 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 say what we need to say and then put them back when we're done. I understand the context with which they are. I'm, I'm used to sharing these two portions of scripture. One is Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. Matthew 16 and 18, if you want, you can rely on the screen. I would encourage you to open up your Bible that's in your lap or in your phone or whatever. That way you can see it. Don't rely on always just looking up and knowing that it's there. The more senses you can use, the more you tend to gain our attention and gain your uh, uh, heart, perhaps, even. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 in the middle of this, Jesus is talking about, in fact, he asked a question, um, uh, Jesus answered prior to this, but who do, who do you say that I am? And the question was, who do people say I am? Jesus says, hey, who do you say I am? And Peter gives an answer, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. But look at verse 18, if you will. I want you to key in on, a, on just one little section. Again, we can dissect that whole verse, but we're not doing that this morning. Verse 18 says, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. Say church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. That's the one portion of scripture I wanted you to look at. Now turn with me to Acts chapter 20. You can keep your finger there, Matthew, but turn to Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Acts 20, 28. Acts 20, 28. This is uh, the Acts according to the apostles. Uh, We are studying this in uh, our faithful life on Sunday nights. We're going through the Acts, every book, chapter, verse. We're in chapter 9. In fact, we're going to touch it here in a little bit, but Acts chapter 9. And uh, is where we are on Sunday nights. But tonight, or this morning, I want you to look at chapter 20, verse 28. It says, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock which, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. 
Is that us today? It would be a fair question to ask. How do we know that is us today? Well, if he purchased you, if you are a believer in Christ firmly and solidly, not I know of, but you know him personally, then you can know that you've been bought today, not just added to. So with those two portions of scripture, I want you to I want to answer the first question of this. What is a church? What is a church? Not, not, not how many denominations there are. Not how many world religions there are. You, we need to really look into those things. And someday we will look into how do we get so many denominations? There's so many. I mean, I passed several getting here. You drive around Eastgate. There's a lot of churches in, in this small area known as Eastgate. But what is a church from the Bible? And are we counted in that number? You know, if you have one cow, you have a cow. But if you have several, it's called a herd. All right, I'm going to test you here. I'm going to test you, your farm skills. If you have a sh one sheep, it's a sheep. But if you have several, it's a flock. All right, some of you are looking like, is it is a flock? Or, you're not sure what to say. You ready for this one? If you have one goose, it's a goose. But if you have a band, you have a, I heard it, who said it? Will, say it louder. A gaggle of goo geeses, gooses. <laughs> that bow tie is working for you, Will. It's making you smarter. If you have one Christian, you have a Christian. But if you have several, you have a church. What is church? Is it a meeting? Is it a building? What is church? Few times the word church is used in the New Testament, and it refers to believers everywhere, the body of Christ. Very few times, though. The bulk of the time the word church is used, it refers to a local gathering of believers. That is not the first time you've heard me say that from this pulpit. That's, that's what the New Testament shows us. So what is that word? Ecclesia is the word. Now watch this. This word does not mean church. Ecclesia. It doesn't mean church. It means to call out. God has called you out if you're a believer today. Oh, think about that. He has called you. He lifted you out. Out of what? Out of your sin? Out of this world? Out of, he's lifted you out of hell? He's lifted, he's called you out. He's lifted you out. From the world, by God's grace, to grow and to honor him and to serve him. Baptized and fellowshiped with other believers. So that word means to call out. Call out for what? Called out to be his own. Individually, but also corporately. We've been lift, called out for that very purpose. We're to follow him. Simply put, to live his life together. The church is called out deliberately to reflect his glory and character. There's a key word there I want you to pay attention to. If you're a believer today, you've been called out on purpose. Deliberately. We need to live our life Deliberately and on purpose. 
not happenstance waiting for the next thing to unfold, but on purpose. One that says, I don't know what tomorrow brings. I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know. Um, uh, I got to wait and see what happens in my life instead of making it happen as a believer. There are certain times in life that there can be uncertainty, but one thing that shouldn't be uncertain is your faith. It's, your, it's, it's, it's relying on the trustworthiness of God. He's there. He's there. And as a body, though, is what I want you to think about as you're being called out of what is a church. Food for thought. There are some great conferences that you can go to. There's some great networks as a believer you can be a part of. I'm not even begrudging that. Uh, Together for the Gospel is one. It's coming up in spring. It is a conference. There is uh, ladies' conferences, fellowships that you can be a part of. There's, there's Bible studies you can network with online. But let me pose this question to you. I know that uh, some of you used to go to gospel singings, right? And man, you can they come away going, man, there wasn't a dry eye in the whole festival. Okay? Let me set up a scenario and ask this question and tell me if it sounds like the church. Which is easier to do? To go to a conference, get high on Jesus with all these other professing believers, or to live that life on a day-to-day basis with each other? Which is easier? Well, I think the, the, the obvious answer is, let's just go to the concert. If, if we go to the concert or, or go, to the, go to the conference then we're all believers and we're learning and, and the music is great and we're all just so happy. It's a three-day weekend and we learn and then we get to go home. Wasn't that a great experience? But was that the church? It's the body of Christ that came together, but is that the church? When he says we're called out, lifted out, that means we're to live our lives, his life, together. Which is harder? It's harder to live with each other, even though we're sharpening each other in a local church body. And what happens, a lot of churches now are trying just to recreate from Sunday to Sunday the conferences and the, those experiences. But when we're crying with each other, when we're having funeral services for each other's family, when we're coming alongside when someone's ill, when we're encouraging, when we're celebrating with each other at weddings and events like that, I believe that's what he's referring to when he talks about the church. Living together his life. That's when you find out more about yourself than you really do about each other. Hmm. Food for thought, which is easier to say? To, is it easier to love Jesus or to love the church? Ooh, just think on that one. Don't answer that one. Which is easier to say? So let me give you some, make this practical, and then we're going to get into the nitty-gritty here. What about these version app, right? We can get on there and network with other people. It's a great Bible study. I have it. I do it. I've done it. You are doing it. A lot of you, we do it together. What about a, something like Awana? Uh, uh, Oh, right, we just had a wanna. Uh, they did a Bible quizzing. They have uh, games. 
uh, Olympics are coming up. What about, and then they, it's a network, it's, it's international. Is, what about Awana, uh, Word of Life? We're in a Word of Life, we're a part of that, where uh, it, it's the material, but it's also events of people internationally. What about Kentucky Mountain Mission that I'm a board member of? Are those things considered the church? Well, let's look at the marks. Do they preach and teach the word of God by qualified believers? By the way, the pulpit drives the church in every church. The pulpit drives the church. Whatever we use to draw people in is what we're going to have to use to keep them here. So the pulpit will drive the church. I remember not all that long ago when the movie came out. I don't know how it didn't win awards and Oscars. It was one of my favorite movies, a movie by the name of Napoleon Dynamite. I love that movie. Don't know why. It was dumb. Didn't even really make sense, but I got it somehow. I just love that movie. Well, my niece was telling me that her pastor was quoting Napoleon Dynamite. Every message was about Napoleon Dynamite. Somehow he made Napoleon Dynamite, got snuck into what he was doing up here from the pulpit. But you know what happened after that movie lost its, its, its uh, popularity? What, what do you think happened? He had to move on to the next hip thing. And then when that runs out, you got to go find something else that's hip again. Then things are fleeting. They're, they're, they come and they go. But can I tell you what lasts forever? What will meet you in life? It's not a movie. It's the word of God. The word of God. The, the pulpit will always drive the church. You may think, well, pastor, right now you're driving me asleep. Okay. The pulpit will drive the church. You want to make sure you're in a church that preaches and teaches the word of God by qualified believers. That's another key line. Number two, do they distinguish between Christians and non-Christians? In other words, is there a difference between believers and non-believers? And I'm not talking about what you dress, whether you have tattoos or you don't, or your facial hair. I'm not talking about that stuff. Is there a moral character difference between the believer and the world? How do we know that? We see it by baptism, which we had last week. We see it. It's signified by the Lord's Supper as well. Do these, these are people who are following Jesus. Number three, do they practice discipline as not to confuse the gospel? In other words, does a church take sin seriously? Now, all these are what the church is to be in the New Testament. Go back to that Matthew text, if you will, of Matthew chapter 16. And I'm going to show you something. And after I make this strong point, you're going to leave here this morning and you're going to think, that was really good. The Lord took that verse and elevated and made me take the next step in my thinking, my growth, in my walk with him. Or you're going to go, man, he was a little preachy today. This is either true, right, I'm about to say, or it's not. What makes it true or not is what, not what I think about it. It's what Jesus says about it. That's what makes it true. Are you with me? So look with me in this Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. He said, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So when I talked about the parachurch organizations, we talked about 
the networks you can be a part of. We talk about a WAN, a Word of Life, Kentucky Mountain Mission. Are they a church? Well, the simple answer is no. They, they could be the body of Christ, but are they the church? These three simple marks that we just shared are mandated to the church, the bride of Christ. And Jesus made that clear. Look, verse 18, and I say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. He didn't say I will build my parachurch. He didn't say I'll build my network. I'm going to build an app. He said I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build the ones that are called out. I'm going to build the ones that are lifted out, that are genuine believers, that are genuinely following the mandates of what I have for them. I'm going to, those are the ones, this is how you know it will succeed. Is because he said, and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If you are living your life in a locally Bible-believing church, you are guaranteed success. You have a pastor. I'm watching these churches that are actually shutting down. I'm watching churches that once were big and now they're getting smaller. What about those? We're looking at it from our eyes. We're not looking at it from heaven's eyes. We look at it from heaven's eyes. It doesn't matter. This is where it gets hard for pastors. We like a lot of people, but we don't like a lot of problems. We like a lot of people because we think that a lot of people equals success. We're looking at it through the wrong lens. Listen, there is people in this church. I, I am, I am a, a witness myself. This week, members of our church that are growing right before our very eyes. I'm watching it. I get to see it. I hope you get to see it. But you know what? If you only come and sit and soak, you're not going to see it. If you're just going to come and sit and kind of take it in, you're not going to see the biblical mandates being lived out right here for this church. You can know his church will succeed. Why? Because he's behind it. Is Jesus Christ behind Cross Point Baptist Church? That's a, man, that's a scary thing to say. Because you can find all kinds of holes and problems within our ministries. You can find holes and problems. We're not perfect is, is the point. Why? Because we're human. But he's behind his church. Are we hitting those marks is the question. There's areas we're weak in. There's areas we're strong in. Let's keep doing what we're doing. But we got to build the areas we're weak as well. What is the church? The, the simple answer, what is a church? It is a lifted out, a called out group of believers. Okay? Here's the next question I want you to think about. Why is church involvement so important? Why does it matter? Does it really matter? Do I have to be involved? Here's the simple answer to that. Why is church involvement so important? Because it's God's idea. It was God's idea. You know, there's a lot of ministry opportunities and holes that churches can have. We have them here. All kinds of little ones, big ones, little ones, all kinds of things like that. And what's interesting is, is we look at how do we get people to serve. I can go to all the scriptures and say, you need to be doing this. Well, you kind of already know what you need to be doing, right? But, you know, I, I heard a message by J. Vernon McGee, an old message, old-timey message, and he said, don't worry, pastors, to get people to serve. Just get them to worship. 
Because if they'll worship the Lord, they'll, they'll be serving. They will serve. You won't have to, to uh, browbeat and try to get people to, to be serving the Lord. Just worship. There's all kinds of ways to worship. You'd be shocked at what, just by being a greeter out front and greeting people with a smile and a genuine attitude that says, we care about you. You'd be shocked at what that'll do for people. The littlest things can be done. God seems to have always worked, though, corporately. Did you ever think about that? God always seems to work corporately. After he created Adam, who did he create? Eve. Why is that? Well, why did he create Eve? Well, he was already working corporately. It was not good that man should be alone. He didn't, after he created Eve, what happens? By the way, this also shows his character by people interacting with other people. After that, what happens? They're, they're, they have offspring. You may think, listen, he may have created offspring so that his character can be seen through interaction, but you haven't met my kids. In fact, I think mine are, we're going the other way. He created offspring. And then what? Just, just follow Genesis on up. Then what? And then Abraham. Abraham became what? The patriarch and all the people, ultimate, ultimately to a nation. The point is, it's never been solely about just me and Jesus. Watch. It is for salvation, but it's never solely been about me and Jesus. It's about his agenda, his outreach, his ironing sharpened iron. We are together whether you like it or not. You know, I've shared that with our children, and I share it with you as a spiritual family. You're in the family whether you like it or not. You've been placed, called out and placed in a family. Now listen, when you do the comparison to the New Testament to 2020, you'll see some, some very different, very stark different contrast. Back then, they didn't have a church every three mile or, or every mi every three mile trip here. They didn't pass five churches. Churches because you didn't know who the church always was. Why? Because some of them were in hiding. When people gave their life to Christ, right in the New Testament days, it, they were turning their back and having to, to, to put Christ first. They were saying no to their family. They were, their family was excommunicating them. They weren't excommunicating from the family. They would lose their jobs. They would lose their livelihood. But here in 2020, hey, if pastor says something sideways or somebody looks at you crooked, why? There's just another church right down the road. You know, I did this just for fun one day. I typed in Baptist churches, like, just in our area. There is a lot of Baptist churches within this area. Pick one. Throw a stone. You'll hit one. There, there, there's churches all over. They did not have that back then like this in certain areas. But I'm going to show you something about the real church. And the question I want you to think about is, is that us? Are we, not a perfect people, are we this church that the Bible is describing. Another portion of scripture I want you to look at, and then is in Acts. All right, so we can leave Matthew. You can keep your finger in Acts 20, but also want you to turn to Acts 9. So turn to Acts chapter 9 first. This is where Luke is telling the conversion story of Saul. 
and um, Saul was, was, was legally a terrorist, a spiritual terrorist. He had the green light to go and murder and kill Christians. He was able to do that without any um, uh, repercussions on his life. It was legal. He was allowed to do it, and he was. In fact, he was the one that they put their coats at Saul's feet when they killed Stephen. It was all good to go. It was legal. Well, he, Christ meets him on the road to Damascus. We know that the uh, light shone, and he, um, uh, all these, well, I'm not going to get into the details of it, but I want you to look in verse 4. And when this light shone around Saul, then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? Time out here. Who was Paul persecuting? Who was he killing? It wasn't Jesus. He wasn't on earth. He was killing the believers, the Christians. So why would Jesus say, why are you persecuting me? Well, Jesus is in his heavenly abode. How can he make that distinction that you're killing me when he was killing other believers, the church? And here's how. Jesus is so linked with the church, a local church in this context, that when he said me, it means his church. That's how linkly, tightly linked they are, they are together. Paul later calls the church the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You may think, well, I've never really seen that before. That's a, a, an endearing portion of scripture. But what, what makes that bond, what makes that link so tight? Now look in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28 that we already read once. What makes it so tight? And here it is. Oh, I hope you stop and value and review your salvation. I hope you do it periodically. I hope you stop and, 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 and maybe read scriptures like this and think about, Lord, am I saved? And, and I remember when you saved me. I hope not that you doubt your salvation, but I hope you think it through. I really do. I hope you get to sure it up in your heart. If you'll be honest, you've asked that question. Am I really saved? You'll ask it. If you haven't asked it, I would doubt that you are. Because there's no opposition there. But look in verse chap, uh, chapter 20, verse 28. What makes, it so, what makes this relationship so tightly linked that when, when you as a believer and part of his local genuine church, that when you hurt, he hurts. When you are persecuted, he feels it. Verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, all the people, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he, Jesus Christ, purchased with his own blood. He bought you. He, bought you. he did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. He did for you what I could never do. He did for you that costed him his life. Don't take that for granted. Don't overlook it. This week... People has been had the opportunity to have these conversations with people that are looking death in the eyes. They're looking at it in the eyes. And they're not certain. They want to know about salvation. They, they want to know about heaven. They want to know that when I leave this earth, I'm going to be in heaven. Why are they so concerned about that? I, th I thought it didn't matter. 
I mean, we've had debates all these decades, and now it's getting to be, that, that's just your opinion, Pastor. That's just what that church teaches and this church teaches. Why is it that when mankind and womankind is looking deaf face to face that they want to know? There's something deeper going on, isn't there? When you're bought with the price, you're bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, you can't do for yourself on your deathbed. So when you think, well, I don't need the church or I don't want to be committed, I'd encourage you to think it through. With your attitude and your actions, you can't love Jesus and not love what he loves. You can't love Jesus and not love his people. I was preparing this and I happened to look on the, um, uh, somewhere in the office, I come across this paper right here and I was like, whoa, 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 what we got here? This is called Church All In. And I did a little snooping around, and New Life taught this, what, last Sunday night? Something like that. Um, this was the outline that the New Life, the teens, was being taught in there. Who taught that, that night? Brandon. And in there, guess what it says? What is the church? The word ecclesia is right there, an assembly of a gathering of believers. And it has outlines. The very same thing that I'm sharing with you, they shared as well to our teenagers. That encourages me so much. I love it when this happens. Several times I'll be preaching and people will go, Pastor, did you know I was just studying that this week? You know, I believe what happened to me this week just happened in what you were sharing. I don't know these things. I love it. I call that God's confirmation. I think God is reinforcing. So teenagers, listen up. This is the second time you've heard this in a week. Let this sink into your hearts. Examine it and see if it's true. Because listen, especially for teenagers, there is a lot of other choices out there. A lot of other options out there. A lot of other religions and denominations out there. How do you know? So I want you to really examine, am I saved? I really want you to examine, am I in a right church? Am I in the right church? Examine that. I invite you to examine, are you in the right church at Cross Point Baptist Church? I'm going to share something with you at the end of our membership book in just a moment. But I also would like to ask Becca Kramer if she would come down here and join me down front. Now, before you panic and think, why is he calling her down front? Um, is he going to call me next? No, she knew I was going to call her down front. So uh, Becca has been... Um, uh, married to Caleb. Um, how long's that been? Year. Uh, it'll be two years in August. Yeah, we should know these things. Uh, I was there, and Caleb, you better know it because you know Valentine's Day is creeping up. But uh, so Becca has been coming to our church, and she had a lot going on. They got married a couple years ago. I was there. I remember uh, sharing with them, and the look in their eyes was, man, they were locked on to me, like. Uh, there was this very something, something very special. And I shared with those two that you have a lot of resources. You got family. You have a church family that we're here for you. And so she asked, I want to be a member. I said, this is what I always do. So if, you wanna, if you've been on the member list for a while, what do I always encourage people to do? They say, I want to be a member. As I say, come for a while. You need to come. You need to see what we're teaching, what we're hearing. But here's the, the worst parameter to know if I'm in the right church is sometimes you got to feel it as well. 
Now, that's why, here's why it's the worst parameter. You could be in a church that feels good, but they're teaching everything wrong. So you got to have that proper balance. But Becca uh, last week was baptized. Uh, you heard the testimony from last week. Uh, it was a beautiful testimony that Pastor Roger read. And uh, this week she's coming for membership. And I was spent some time with her yesterday at our membership class. And the good part about the membership class, remember I said, we're only going to do half the book. Remember why? Because the front half of it was all about our ministries. She's been here for two years. She gets it. She, see, she got to see and be a part of the ministry. So we shared what our church believes. And then at the back of our uh, church membership, we have a church covenant. And we spent time yesterday, and she signed the church covenant saying, I want to be a part of Cross Point Baptist Church. Now, before I asked the church to um, uh, all accept her, by favor of an amen, I want to share one of the last pages in our book. I share this every couple of years because two points. One, many churches don't even have church membership anymore. It's, not a, it's just not a big deal. Second is if they have church membership, it's y'all come. Everybody come. Hurry up and join. I'm doing something different, and if you don't like it, let me know. We can talk about it. Of course, you want to take the Bible and show me where I'm wrong. But I think there's certain people that should not join a church. And we have this in the back of our worship or in our membership book. And here's what it says. You should not join Cross Point Baptist Church if. Okay. Three things are on that list. One, if you only intend to attend and not serve. It's, God's given us all as a believer spiritual gifts that are to be used. You can't use them if you only come and intend to sit. You're not using your spiritual gift. Number two, if your intentions and attitudes are one of, not one of unity and harmony with the body of Christ. In other words, if you want to join this church, Cross Point Baptist Church, to straighten us out, we're not the church for you. Number three, if you don't like accountability, sin must always be dealt with for the purity of the church. That's the one people struggle with right there. It's like, well, who are you to think that you can hold me accountable? Oh, oh, me? Nobody. Us? Nobody. But there's a book right there called the Bible. We have to keep a pure church. What's that mean? And, and we'll spend time with that later. Very top of that page is Matthew 16, 18, where Jesus said, I will build my church. He didn't say, Scott, I want you to go build this church. He said, I'm going to build my church. Becca has a solid salvation testimony. For two years now, we've got to watch you grow. We shared this yesterday. Many, many times, other people will see growth in you before you see it in yourself. I've witnessed it. You've witnessed it. And we all have a ways to go. So here's Becca's membership and covenant page. I would um, uh, enter, ask the church... All in favor of accepting Becca Kramer as a member of Cross Point Church. Let it be known by an amen. amen. Okay. Afterward, after church, there's going to be some announcements and things, but make sure you're out back so people are going to want to give you a hug around the neck and receive you in the Cross Point Baptist Church, right? We love you. All right, let me put a bow on this for you for this morning. 
ways to be involved. You may think, well, I, I can't be involved. You kind of got in my stuff. You're talking about I'm just sitting and how do I get involved? You know, the Bible tells us and commands us to pray for one another. Pray for one another. And when you do, let that person know. Shoot them a text. Shoot them a way of communicating with them. Hey, I prayed for you today. You'll be shocked at what that'll do. Very shocked. Usually when people say, hey, I prayed for you today on a text, I'll reply, wow, how did you pray? <laughs> I prayed that the Lord get you out of here. I pray the Lord straighten you out. How did you pray exactly? But it's encouraging to me that people are praying. You think, well, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm not that mobile. I can't do a lot. Can you pray? Let me ask you a question. Can you reach out and send a word of encouragement to other believers within his church. Jesus said in John 13, 35, that the world's going to know that you're my disciples. This is how they're going to know your love for each other, the, your love for the other believer. Not your tolerance for them, your love for them. He didn't say the world's going to know that you love me by how much you love the world. He didn't say that. He said your love for each other. Do not substitute the word love for tolerate. Attitudes are contagious, aren't they? Attitudes are contagious. Serving isn't hard when you worship. Well, I'm going to give you a chance to physically do something today that I think everybody here can do. There is a, a members of our church that need encouragement this morning. Their name is Dallas and Betty Ferguson. I was with Betty earlier in the week. She's now back at the Glen. They need their church family to encourage them. I'm ringing the bell this morning for us all to reach out to them. A card. And I don't mean by next week. I mean quickly. They need encouragement. It could be Dallas does text, but he's the world's slowest texter. Not, not the best way of doing this thing. If you, we will have a basket out here. If you will bring a card of encouragement, their, their address is also in our directory. You can do that as well. We will have a basket out here. I'm ringing the bell for this church to show love and support for Betty Ferguson. They're in a tough spot. They're in a tough, hard position. But you know what? The eyes of the Lord are upon them. But the eyes of the Lord are also upon you. Are we going to come alongside or are we going to think, well, nobody was there for me? They need their church family. So I'm ringing that bell for us to reply and respond. How do we draw application? How do we have an invitation this morning? Well, the words of Christ never go unheard or void, I should say. What did he say? He said, I will build my church. You may be thinking, I don't need a church membership. I think the Bible says, yes, you do. You do. You think, well, there's no command to join the Bible. Uh, for, there's no command in the Bible to join a church. You know why? Because they were already a part of it. Yeah. Who need, <laughs> they're already in it. You're already in it. Now, are you in the right one? Are you in a Bible believing? And it's amazing how the, the letters written in red can speak to your heart. You may think, I can't believe that Jesus spoke that clearly about a group of people, and I feel like he's never spoken to me. I wonder if he's speaking to your heart today. We would love to have that conversation. Let's bow our heads for a moment.
Andrew will come and lead us in a time or a song of invitation, time of prayer, a time of you going, I, okay, I'm, let's have that membership conversation. But it's also a time just to be very genuine with yourself and alone with the Lord is why we have an invitation. The Lord, bless our time together as we're getting ready to stand in a moment. We want to give you our undivided attention. But we come together corporately, but you see each and every one of us individually. You haven't lost a one. I pray that you would draw us unto you. Lift his prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing his song that Andrew will lead us in? You will come and do any business with the Lord that you may have. I, I'm here, by the way, if you'd like for me to pray with you as well. Andrew, won't you lead us? I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. And I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all. A few announcements to make. First, for the New Life uh, Cupcake Graham. Uh, New Life wants to, to thank everybody here at Crosspoint for all of your support. They've uh, been able to raise a, a lot of funds for their uh, activities that are coming up. For the directions on the cupcakes, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about cupcakes this morning. All right, so here are the directions. If you purchase a cupcake, Graham, go to the table, pick up the ones that you bought, then show your love. We talked about loving one another. This is a way you can show love. Deliver your own cupcakes. Um, to the, the people that you bought those for. If you still want to buy a cupcake, 
Um, they're still available. You can buy uh, the ones that, that weren't purchased for $2. And then the bake sale will continue through uh, this Wednesday, the 12th. That is also uh, another fundraiser that they're using for uh, activities that they have coming up. And then the other big announcement you heard mentioned during the service is that we will have our annual business meeting tonight. It's imperative for all members to be here. So we have uh, our activities to talk about coming up this year, but also our budget. And we need to form a nominating committee for our election of officers later in the month. So be here for that. And with that, you are dismissed. Lord, you are the reason why we